Daniel chapter 9. We're going to start reading verse 20. Daniel 9, verse 20. And whilst I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin, and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding at the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee that thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter, and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you tonight that we can come together in this place uh, around your word. And we thank you, Father, for the book of Daniel. We thank you especially, Father God, for Daniel chapter 9 and this clear and precise prophetic word. And Lord, tonight as we commence our study of this uh, prophecy of Daniel chapter 9, may we be instructed, uh, directed, and may, Father God, you use me to be a blessing tonight as we study together. Lord, uh, give me understanding and wisdom. And give me, Father God, that liberty that only you can give. And Lord, may there be clarity in my words. And may we receive your word with thanksgiving tonight. And may we uh, go to prayer tonight uh, in the shadow of your word, being able to rejoice in its truth. And may we leave tonight rejoicing that we've been in your presence. Bless now, we pray, as we look into your words. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, today there is a tremendous interest in the subject of prophecy. Like the student waiting for graduation, or like a lady who is pregnant waiting to give birth, believers are excited about the prospect of Christ's return, and especially about the rapture of the church. And today all eyes are on the Middle East, and the dramatic events that are unfolding throughout the Arab world, and there is no doubt that as you and I look at the Arab world and we have a look at what's happening in the Middle East, that you and I have an expectation, there is an expectation that redemption draweth nigh, that the return of Jesus Christ cannot be that far away. And as we come to Daniel chapter 9 and verse 20 to 27, here from this verse 20 down to the end of the chapter, we have recorded for us, God's program for the end of the ages, particularly his program for us. God's program for his people has a very real bearing upon God's program for you and I. Here in Daniel chapter 9, as we've seen, Daniel prays, answers Daniel's prayer about uh, what he's read in Jeremiah, about that after 70 years of captivity, they would return to Jerusalem in response to Daniel's prayer, God sends the angel Gabriel to come to Daniel to help him and inform him of God's plans regarding another 70. Daniel's praying about the end of the 70 years' captivity, and God's going to reveal to him 
his understanding, uh, give him understanding about God's revelation regarding another 70 to 70 weeks of Daniel, which is God's program for Israel. Verse 3 says, At the beginning of the supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. And then in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, we have given to us God's timetable for the nation of Israel. And tonight what we want to do is we just simply want to consider the start of this vision. We're going to have a look at verse 24 and kind of introduce ourselves to what is going to be unfolding in these few verses. And I want you to notice me first of all tonight the plan revealed in verse 24. It says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. 70 weeks who are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. You know, the Bible doesn't deal in abstract religious views. In fact, what the Bible does is give to us, you and I, facts. And here the Holy Spirit once again places importance upon some historical facts. And what he's going to unfold for us, for you and I, for Daniel, it's prophecy. For you and I, much of what's about to unfold is historic fact. And the Holy Spirit is going to reveal some truths in this passage of Scripture that you and I can identify through a history, which gives us an indication about what the whole of this vision is about. You see, it's certainly true about the book of Daniel, that, and particularly this chapter in Daniel, that God wants you and I to understand some things clearly. He wants you and I to be able to identify things clearly, that this is not just some airy-fairy uh, a nebulous thought that this is historical fact. And here the importance of historical chronology is focused upon Daniel's 70 weeks. Now as we commence the study of Daniel chapter 9 verses 24 to 27, there are two questions that need answering before we ever embark upon our understanding of the rest of this chapter. The first question we need to ask ourselves is tonight is to whom was this prophecy given? And secondly, we need to ask, to whom does this prophecy refer? Well, Daniel chapter 9 and verse 24 answers both those questions for us. See, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. This prophecy was given to Daniel. See this word thy twice in this verse? 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. This, this book, this chapter, Daniel chapter 9, and this prophecy was given to the man Daniel as he sat in Babylon as the servant of the Lord in captivity in Babylon, having read the book of Jeremiah, having realized that God was about to bring to an end their captivity and God was about to return them to the land and they were about to return to Jerusalem, God says, Daniel, I have something for you. Whenever you are interpreting Scripture, whether it be prophetic Scripture or any other Scripture, we have to understand the, to who that passage is written. We can't interpret God's Word in the light of the 21st century where we stand. We have to first and foremost ask ourselves the question, what did the person receiving it understand it to mean? Because that forms the foundation of everything that we understand about it. And what people do, particularly with prophecy, is people tend to look at it from a 21st century perspective 
and try to impose our values and our perceptions upon the Word of God rather than taking ourselves back to the time of the recipients and asking what did they perceive this to mean. So this book is first, this chapter and this vision is first and foremost given to the man Daniel. He's a Jew in captivity in Babylon waiting to go back to Jerusalem. Secondly, to whom does this prophecy refer? Well, Daniel chapter 9 verse 24 tells us the 70 weeks are focused upon Daniel's people and his holy city. Look in verse 24 again. 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Now when Daniel hears these words that this prophecy of 70 weeks is about thy people and thy city, what does Daniel think? Daniel thinks his people, Israel. He's not thinking about the church here. He's not thinking about the Gentile world. He's thinking about the Jews. Isn't that what he's just been praying about for 23 verses, uh, for 20, no, sorry, 19 verses of this chapter? Isn't that what he's been praying about? He's been praying about his people, about their sin, about dealing with the sin of himself and the sin of the people that God might indeed look favorably upon them and give them a second exodus. That as God delivered them from Egypt all those years ago under Moses, that God would now deliver them according to his word, the word given to Jeremiah, that God would deliver them from Babylon and return them to the land. So when, da when God says to Daniel, this is to you, Daniel, about thy people, Daniel is thinking Jews, Israel. He's not thinking Babylonians. He's not thinking uh, Australians. He's not thinking any, uh, anybody else. He's thinking Israel. The Jews are in captivity. And then when he says, determined upon thy people and thy city, what city is Daniel thinking about? He's thinking about Jerusalem. Isn't that what he's been praying about? Isn't that what his focus has all been about? He just read Jeremiah, which is about the city of Jerusalem. So when God says this to Daniel, Daniel is thinking Jews, he is thinking Jerusalem. Unless the church has become Israel, then the church is not in view here. Okay? Now, the church isn't Israel, hasn't become Israel, doesn't replace Israel. We don't have time tonight to go into all that discussion, but if you were to go to Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11, you know that God is not finished with Israel yet, that God has a plan for his people. Yes, they're in unbelief at the moment. Yes, they are cut off, and you and I as Gentiles have been grafted into the, the, the vine, the rootstock, so that you and I might indeed be saved, but Israel still is God's people, and one day they will be restored. That's God's promise. That's God's promise in Ezekiel, when he says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, can these, he takes them a valley of dry bones, he says, Ezekiel, can these bones live again? And as Daniel is looking, those dry bones start to gather together, and those bones come together, and those bones begin to walk around again, because yes, these dry bones can live again. The nation of Israel will revive. The nation of Israel will exist. It has done since 1948. At the end of the Second World War, Israel has been in the land. The Jewish nation has existed as a nation again. And unless the church is Israel, then he is not talking about the church here in Daniel chapter 9, and the church is not Israel. Therefore, he must be talking about the Jews. Talbot. A commentator says this, he calls the 70 weeks God's calendar for Israel. 
in that it does not focus on the Gentiles nor the church. Daniel was given this prophecy about his people that he might receive consolation and comfort from Almighty God about the nation of Israel. That's what it's all about. In verse 23, God had said to him at the beginning of thy supplication, supplication, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. Understand this, Daniel, about your people. This is what God's going to do for Israel. You want to go back to the land, but let me tell you what it means. What returning to the land actually means. What is going to happen for the next 70 weeks, prophetic weeks? What's going to happen to your people? It was given to reveal an amazing prophecy about Israel's future. And that remarkable prophecy is the prophecy of the 70 weeks. Now, there's almost universal agreement among Bible scholars and commentators that this 70 refers to 70 sets of seven years or weeks of years. The word weeks here has the idea of sevens. In fact, the Hebrew word that's translated weeks actually is the word seven or sevens. And the Hebrew word sevens does not specify whether it's days, weeks, years, or what. In ancient Hebrew, weeks simply refers to a unit of seven. It's like you and I saying there were seven of them. Seven what? we don't know i just told you there were seven of them and now we have to identify what the seven of them was that's the hebrew here okay when daniel receives this he says 70 are determined upon my people the hebrew word here is often used to mean a unit of seven days but it also is used to mean a unit of seven years go back with me to genesis 29 please genesis 29 We're going to start reading verse 15. Here is the story of Jacob and uh, Laban and Jacob uh, working for his wives. In verse 15, we read this. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for naught? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, and Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years. Same Hebrew word. I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years. Same Hebrew word for Rachel. And they seemed unto him but a few days. For, he lo- for the love he had to her. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of that place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter and brought her to him, and he went in unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah the maid for an handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah, 
And he said to Laban, What is it thou hast done unto me? Did I not serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? Laban said, it, is, it must not be done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for service, which thou shalt serve me yet seven other years. Same Hebrew word. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week, and he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife. Oh, the word week there is also the same Hebrew word. And Laban gave Rachel, his daughter, Bilhah, his handmaid, to be her maid. And he went in also unto Rachel, and loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served him yet seven other years. Same Hebrew word. So here you have the word week used, which is the Hebrew word, and you have the word seven years, which is the same Hebrew word, used in this passage. So you have it translated both ways. You have it translated as seven years, you have it translated as the word week. And it's the same Hebrew word. And in this passage in Genesis chapter 29, you have the same Hebrew word translated two different ways. It's translated as seven days, and it's translated also as seven years. And that's because this word sevens simply means just that, seven of something. Now here in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 24, the seven weeks refers to seven years. In other words, 70 times 7, 490 years are involved in this prophecy that from the beginning of this prophecy to the end of this prophecy are 490 years. This cannot be 70 weeks of days or 490 days because there is no historical correlation to 490 days. We're given the starting point of this prophecy it starts with, the, it says in verse 25, Know this and understand that going forth of the commandment to restore to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince. So from the beginning of the commandment to restore the walls of Jerusalem, which is the commandment that goes forth in Nehemiah's day. So we have a starting date for this, this uh, prophecy, the going forth of the commandment to rebuild the walls. That's the starting date. We have that date, we know that, and we'll see that next time. We have that date in history, we know exactly the date that it started. 490 days after that, if this is days, Messiah the Prince should have come. But 490 days after that, Messiah the Prince did not come. So it can't be 490 days. So we know that this 70 weeks cannot be 70 weeks of days. This must be 70 weeks of years. Because 400, as we'll see, 483 years after the commandment goes forth. You have the coming of Messiah, the Prince, and then there's one week to follow, making up 490 years. And we can testify and show, and we will show the chronology next time, that there is from the going forth of the commandment, restore the walls of Jerusalem, to the coming of Messiah, the Prince, was actually 483 years. So we know this is weeks of years, and there is a week of years left to come, seven years left to be fulfilled. And so the idea here is that a week of seven years, or a total of 490 years, it fits with the first coming of Jesus Christ, and it relates uh, to all other prophecies. If you look at the other prophecies in the book of Daniel, and the other prophecies in the Old Testament, which talk about the coming of Messiah, it all fits together. Makes sense. And if you and I take God's word literally, and we must take it literally, then this must be a week of years, not a week of days.
And one of the keys to understanding prophetic word is you must take God's word literally. You must read it in the context of who it was written to. You must understand the context of who the original recipient believes it was written about. And then you and I need to calculate, uh, understand the prophecy based upon those two facts. And from there we move. And so here we have a prophecy to Daniel about his people, the Jews, and his city, Jerusalem. And when the commandment goes forth to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, which we know that's what Daniel's all about. You know, one of the things about Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 to 19, not only was it about Daniel's prayer, but it's setting the scene for you and I for the foundation of understanding Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 to 27. You and I get an understanding of what Daniel is praying about here. Daniel is praying about his people and his city, and he's desiring that they would return to Jerusalem and they would rebuild the walls, they would rebuild the temple. This is Daniel's desire. And as he's reading Jeremiah, he understands that the 70 years of captivity is up, they're about to return, it excites him, and he prays about that. And then God comes and says, Daniel, here is the answer to your prayer. Yes, you are going to return, but understand this. From the moment the commandment goes forth to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem to an even more exciting event, Messiah the Prince, be 69 years, 69 weeks, 483 years. And then there'll be one more week of seven years to follow. That's what Daniel's understanding this to mean. And that's what you and I need to understand it to mean. We need to take this literally. And we will see that the chronology of the seven of the weeks, of these 70 weeks, next time. But from the start of this prophecy till the estimation will be 70 periods of seven years or 490 years. And during that time, it's God's plan to bring Israel to himself. He wants to turn the nation of Israel around to the place whereby they will acknowledge Messiah, the Prince. That's what it's all about. It's all about turning the nation around. And he will use this history to accomplish his will. God has a plan for the world. And he is working that plan even today. As you and I look at the Middle East, what you and I ought to see, as much as it's terrible, as much as the turmoil is, is just absolutely shocking. I mean, in the Middle East at the moment, it's a mess, isn't it? You know, you've got Turkey and you've got Syria, you've got the Russians and you've got the Americans, you've got ISIS and you've got the... You have the Kurdish rebels, and you've got the Kurdish rebels fighting against Turkey and fighting against Syria. You've got Syria fighting against the uh, Kurds. You've got Turkey fighting against the Kurds. You've got the Kurds and Turkey and Syria fighting against ISIS. You've got the Americans fighting against ISIS, and, and you've got Russia fighting. I mean, who can work all this out? I'm surprised that somebody hasn't yet bombed somebody they're not supposed to. It's a mess over there, and there is no doubt, and the suffering is terrible, and, and the wickedness is awful. But beloved, understand this, God is working his plan right now in the Middle East. When we look at our world, our world is totally confused, isn't it, and a mess. And, and you know, we are driven to believe that redemption draws nigh. 
I was talking to Jason Eamon last night, the president of Positive Action for Christ, uh, and uh, we got talking about the American election. He said, it's ridiculous, isn't it? You know, we've come to the place in our country where you either vote for a criminal or a fool. He said, the sad thing is the fool looks better than the criminal right now. He said, I don't know where our country's going to go. Once great America, you know, it's a... The president arrives in China, he doesn't get the red carpet. Down back of the, he has to get out of the back of the plane because they don't bring up the steps to the front of the plane. There's no red carpet for him. He has to climb out of the back of the plane. All other leaders arrive with red carpet treatment. He doesn't. Things are changing in our world. But beloved, God has a plan. And his will for this world will be accomplished according to God's will, according to God's time frame. And God is working his plan. And the only way to blessing is to live by his plan our lives. Even in the midst of difficult times, God is in control. And he never does anything without a purpose. And verse 24 tells us his purpose, what it's all about. He says he wants to do six things. He wants to finish the transgression he wants to make an end of sins. He wants to make reconciliation for iniquity. He wants to bring in everlasting righteousness. He wants to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. God's purpose regarding Israel in this prophecy. Not only does God tell Daniel who this prophecy is about, not only does he tell him how long this prophecy is for, 490 years, but he also tells him the purpose regarding the prophecy. What it is that he wants to accomplish in these 490 years, he wants to finish the transgression. Now Israel's transgression is the sin of apostasy. And that sin would now climax. Verse 11 talks about that in Daniel chapter 9. Yea, all Israel have transgressed the lie law, even by deporting, uh, departing, that they might not only uh, may not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him, the sin of apostasy. They've sinned against God. At the second coming of Jesus Christ, Israel will turn back to God. We don't have time to look at Zechariah 12 and Romans chapter 11. But the day is coming where God will fulfill this. The transgression will come to an end. Israel will no longer be living in apostasy. Israel will accept their Messiah. Because you see that apostasy included the rejection of Christ. And there's a day coming where that will end. There's a day coming where nation of Israel will call out to God and they'll acknowledge Jesus Christ their Messiah and they'll look upon him whom they have pierced when he returns to the Mount of Olives and he will come to rule and reign for a thousand years. The apostasy will be over. It will end. David asked the question with regard to this. He said, how long? God's answer to Daniel is not long. How long do we have to wait, beloved, till Jesus Christ comes again? The answer is not long. Until that day, which is fast approaching, we're to occupy till he comes. We live in the apostate age. And apostasy is getting worse and worse and worse. Evil men are on every side. Wickedness is rampant. Jesus is coming again. He's coming to make an end of sin, according to verse 24. Make an end, the word make an end here means to seal up. 
When Jesus Christ died upon the cross of Calvary and rose again, he made it possible for God to seal up our sin, to, to cast as far as the east is from the west, to bear it in the deepest sea, to put it away and to seal it away. It's gone, it's finished, it's complete. God's dealt with our sin, removed it from his sight. And in that day, when Jesus Christ comes again for his people, when Jesus Christ comes again for the nation of Israel, God will deal with Israel's sin. Just as he dealt with our sin and salvation, he'll deal with their sin at the day of Christ's return. At the end of the 70 weeks of Daniel, he'll deal with their sin. He's coming to make reconciliation for iniquity, verse 24. During this period of 70 weeks, God will provide reconciliation this is obvious reference to Jesus Christ, who is the one who brings reconciliation. Second Corinthians chapter five tells us that he has given to us the message of ministry reconciliation, the message of reconciliation, and that is that every man be reconciled unto God. Jesus Christ provided the means of reconciliation. In that day God will reconcile his people because Jesus Christ has made it possible for God to reconcile all men. Because of the cross, reconciliation is possible. Because of the cross, you and I can reconcile to God. Because of the cross, you and I can have peace with God. Because of the cross, one day Israel, when they look upon him whom they have pierced, they too will find reconciliation with their God as they look upon Christ. Because Christ made it possible for all men to be reconciled through faith in Jesus Christ. And for Israel, that will take place at the second coming of Christ just as it took place for us at salvation. Fourthly, he says he's going to do this to bring an end, bring in everlasting righteousness. This refers to the time of Israel's conversion as a nation. This is the time of the millennial kingdom. The end of the 70 weeks will end with Christ coming back from glory in all of his glory, riding on that white horse. <coughs> and in his vesture, which was dipped in blood, and on him written a name, that's above every name, and the sword going out of his mouth as he comes to stand upon the Mount of Olives and he establishes his kingdom and his kingdom reign for a thousand years. That's what he's talking about here, bringing in everlasting righteousness, the millennial kingdom at the end of the 70 years. Now, in a sense, Christ accomplished that at the cross. He provided righteousness, or provided rather the ground for righteousness at the cross. But ultimately, it will take place at the millennial kingdom when he establishes his everlasting righteousness. Fifthly, he's going to do it. He's going to give him this prophecy. Well, this prophecy is going to be fulfilled in order to seal up the vision. Verse 24, it says, to seal up the vision and prophecy. It takes 70 weeks for God to complete his timetable. But when it's complete, he'll seal it up. He says, 70 weeks are going to be turned upon thy people and upon thy city. And at the end of that 70 weeks, the end of the 490 years, I'm going to seal it up. It's going to be complete. Everything I want to accomplish in those 490 years will be accomplished. Israel will call upon me, whom I, is their God. And they will call upon Christ, who is their Messiah. And he will establish his kingdom. And the nation of Israel will receive the land that God has promised from the river Euphrates to the river Nile, they will own it all to the glory of God in the millennial kingdom, just as God promised at the end of the 70 years. 
70 weeks of years. And lastly, he's going to do it to anoint the most holy. He's going to do these, at the end of these, these 490 years, he's going to establish Christ as king. Jesus Christ is king of kings and lord of lords now. But in that day he will come and he will sit upon the throne of David and he will reign for a thousand years. And that's the completion of the 490 years. God is going to anoint Jesus Christ as king. Israel wanted him as king the first time. They thought when that babe was born in Bethlehem of Judea, that he being the king of the Jews was going to overthrow the Roman Empire and he was going to establish his kingdom. But it was not his time. He came first to die. There had to first be the crown. Uh, there had to first be the cross before there could be the crown. There had to be the suffering before there could be the glory. There had to be the crucifixion before there could be the anointing. But there's a day coming, beloved, when Jesus Christ will be anointed as king and he will reign on the throne of David. And what a day that will be. The ultimate purpose of the 70 weeks is for Christ to establish his kingdom. God has a plan. God has a purpose for Israel. And God is going to reveal to Daniel in this prophecy what his plan is, what his purpose is, and he's going to reveal what's going to take place in these 490 years. And when you and I have finished looking at the 70 weeks of Daniel, we'll be left in no doubt as to what God is doing even today as he fulfills this prophecy before our very eyes. God has a plan. For Israel, God has a plan for you and I. Therefore, we must trust Him and yield our will to His will while we wait for Christ's return. Now, hopefully, I've whetted your appetite with regard to Daniel's 70 weeks. And uh, I, I was almost tempted to take the second part of that verse there and spend a whole week on those six points just to. But then I thought, no, it wouldn't be so cruel to make it go longer. We'll get to it next time. We'll have a look at Daniel's 70 weeks. And I trust it will be a blessing. It's an exciting chapter, Daniel chapter 9. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Daniel. We thank you for this prophecy. And Father, as we unravel it, as we study it, may we, Father God, be blessed as we see that, Lord, you indeed do have a plan. And that even this church age is part of that plan. And there's a day coming when you will fulfill all this prophecy for your glory. Bless now we pray as we go to prayer, which we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.